We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat and Jason. We're talking about the 1-0 Chicago Bulls defeating the Miami Heat 116-108 in Miami for the season opener. Jace, you're never going to believe it, but it was DeMar DeRozan coming through for the Bulls in the clutch again. DeRozan, an incredible third quarter before icing the game in the fourth, finishes with 37 points on 14 to 22 shooting, nine assists, six rebounds. DeMar basically did it all, Jason. He was the story of the game once again, just like he was the story of last season. But of course, it's a team game, and the Bulls all around made some solid made some solid efforts to support DeMar, who carried him to the win. Io DeSumo, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about Io on this podcast. He looked as good as advertised coming into the new, his second season, 17 points, four assists, six rebounds, goes three of six from deep. Io looked fantastic, really, in like a number two scorer role next to DeMar. Vooch, pretty rough game shooting-wise, five of 13 from the floor, but he ends with 15 points, 17 rebounds, three blocks, two assists. So Vooch doing some stuff. And Goran Dragic, I think I got to eat some crow on this one, Jace. I ripped the Dragic signing all offseason. He goes four or five from three, a couple of them just totally ridiculous hits that kept the Bulls from getting blown out in the second quarter when the Heat, I think multiple times they built like a 10-point lead in that second yep. quarter. Seemed like Miami was going to run away with the game, but Goran Dragic shot-making and his ability to push the pace in transition kept the Bulls in it. He ends the night with 12 points, two steals, two assists. I thought Dragic was tremendous uh, in the season opener as well. So, Jace, holy shit, coming into this game, Zach Levine ruled out with left knee maintenance. Everyone who's a Bulls fan is losing their shit over this. Like, how are we resting this guy day one of the season when he had knee surgery in May 
seemed like the sky was falling, seemed like the vibes were going to crash for the Bulls from opening night. But I think we underestimated the fact that the Bulls have one of the best players in the NBA, and that's DeMar DeRozan. And he is not falling off this season, Jason. He looked every bit as good in the season opener tonight as he did during his best stretches last year. Man, I'm jacked up, Jace. What a win. Yeah, I mean, jacked and juiced in the words of one Jim Boylan, you might say. Uh, yeah, what a roller coaster ride of a day. It was around, whatever, around lunchtime, we get the Zach Levine is ruled out with, what did they call it? Left knee management? Is that it? Did they call it load management, injury management? I don't know. It was just bizarre because Zach was made available. Says, oh, you know, like, I'm just being safe, like, nothing really wrong, no setback, just want to be safe for the start of the season. Uh, and everyone's like, well, you just talked about how, like, two days ago, how you feel great and have no pain. So, like, why the hell are you out of this game right now? Billy, before the game, comes out and says, oh, yeah, he's dealing with uh, discomfort and soreness, which, like, well, we've heard that before with Lonzo Ball, so let's hope it doesn't go that route. So it's like doom and gloom. Going to Miami, everyone, pro- a lot of people probably expecting to get their ass kicked. And through what, like maybe like a quarter and a half, or even just the first quarter, it looked like the Heat were going to run them, uh, run them off the court. They were hitting Miami hit three, three or four threes early. Tyler Hero was on fire. The Bulls couldn't hit anything. I think the Bulls missed their first like six threes. But then they started to settle in, uh, started to come around. And that second quarter, they reeled them back in. As you mentioned, Dragic mentioned multiple ridiculous threes. He had that one where like he was basically just trying to draw a foul and he threw the ball at the rim and it still went in. Went four or four from three in that first in that first half. And him and Drummond uh were both in that second quarter kind of kept the Bulls alive. And the second half was not as kind to them, especially Drummond, but definitely kept the Bulls alive in that first quarter in that first half. Then Io started picking it up, get the game tied at uh at halftime and then Demar, I mean, what else can you say about it? Demar started slow. I think he had did he have nine points at halftime, right? Because yeah, I think he had like he had like eighteen or twenty in the third quarter, and that's when the Bulls made their big move. They outscored Miami 37-27 in the third quarter. A huge surge. They went up by as many as fifteen points. Demar just fully in his bag with his. I mean, he was fourteen of twenty-two, two of three from three. So, the only thing that was kind of wrong with this game was he missed four free throws, and he's probably going to kick himself over that. Maybe he'll shoot a bunch of free throws at in the stadium tonight. But, I mean, 12 and 19 on two-pointers with, again, a heavy diet of his uh, mid-range difficult twos. One of the last ones he hit in the face of Jimmy Butler. Uh, just can't do anything about that defensively. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Io was absolutely just fantastic. 17, 6, and 4. Three of six and three. Love the three-point volume. The Bulls got a 36 three-pointers tonight. That's great. Great three-point uh, volume there. They actually they took eight more than Miami, which is great to see. They were getting those shots up. Uh, like Kobe didn't shoot well. He was, he was only two of seven, but he was getting shots up. Like Dragic took five. Io took six. Caruso was ugly on those threes, but he took six. Vooch took five. So they were getting up threes, and they were generating pretty good shots. And like... Last year, especially, the Bulls had just, like, no chance offensively against the Heat defense. Miami's defense would just swarm them, force a bunch of turnovers. And today, the Bulls just were kind of running it down their throat, especially in that third quarter. And that was really great to see. This Miami team just did not look nearly as good as the team of last year. Kyle Lowry looked awful, washed. Bam was shaving points almost the entire game. They lost P.J. Tucker. 
And uh, is that Caleb? One of the Martin twins replaced him as a starting power forward, and he didn't really do that much. So the C team might have some issues here, but the Bulls without Zach, without Lonzo, to come on the road and win this game after going down early and it, it looking like it could get ugly, what a really what a great win. I mean, like I said, I'm not going to come out and say the Bulls are like on their way to win 50-plus games now, but like uh, makes me feel a lot better that they got this win. And they have DeMar DeRozan, as you mentioned, and DeMar is going to help keep them close at a bunch of games and help them win a bunch of games. It's unreal, dude. I tweeted this during the game, but of course, when the Bulls signed DeRozan, there was so much chatter about DeMar being the worst signing of the offseason. So I just had to look, where does DeMar's salary rank this year? Jason, for this season, he's the 48th highest paid player in the league. DeMar really does have the worst contract in the league for a player. He should be making twice as much money. It's a crime that he's not. Jerry Reinsdorf, rip up that contract like you didn't do it for Scottie Pippen and pay DeMar, pay the luxury tax to give this man a raise. Because <laughs> DeMar is seriously an absolute freaking superstar. He just has all the qualities of a star that you want. I got his shot chart up. Kind of surprising. He only took five shots inside the paint this entire game. Went four or five on those shots. But once again, it was just mid-range assassin shit from DeMar DeRozan getting to the elbows, getting to sort of like the extended baseline. And he just doesn't miss, Jace, when he gets in those areas. Uh, there were some possessions where Jimmy Butler was playing textbook defense against him. And there's just really no way to contest DeMar's shot without fouling him. And then once DeMar picks up a couple of those fouls, you know, the defenders get in their head and it's just like easier and easier for DeMar. So like you said, 7 of 11 from the line, I feel like his ability to get to the line is going to be the one thing the Bulls can for sure bank on all season. Uh, he's going to have a lot of games where he's where he gets more than 11 free throw attempts. I also thought his passing looked really good. He was drawn two to the ball consistently the entire yep. game. The Heat were double teaming him basically from the opening tip. And DeMar was making some great passes. Now, the Bulls weren't always hitting those shots until Dragic started to get hot. Kobe White, in particular, had a really rough opening stretch. I think he even airballed a three from the corner in the first half. Uh, but you know what? The Bulls survived 25 minutes of Kobe White tonight, so that's okay. He hit a couple shots, you know. 10 he was points. fine. Yeah, he was fine, whatever. Uh, but really, story of the game was DeMar, and he just yeah. you know, is the life raft that single-handedly wills this team to victory. And if you want to talk about, you know, what's the best version of – the Bulls look like this year it's sort of Zach coming back and if Zach can you know be fully healthy this year that's that's probably a conversation for another day today we just sort of want to back yeah. in but it's Zach coming back and like solidifying himself is like a consensus no-brainer all-star like just like he was last season before he had the injury and then DeMar just continuing to do this because I really don't think DeMar is going to fall off Jason last year was the best year of his career but the way he got his points was pretty sustainable. Like, maybe he won't hit two buzzer-beater game winners again. Uh, I don't really expect him to average 28 points a game again. But, God I mean, damn, man, this guy is Why so not? Good. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? For sure. He, he looked great in preseason. I, he, I feel like he shot, like, 60% in preseason. He shot... 60 over 60 percent tonight i mean he looks obviously over a long season he'll have some rough stretches but like uh he looks like he looks like he's in prime form once again and there's no reason to expect again like maybe he won't shoot quite as well in clutch situations but like overall uh he still looks great i texted kevin to come on kevin from the dennis podman podcast one of my favorite bulls podcasts out there 
Kev, we were texting during the game. What did you think of that victory? I mean, it was really impressive. I was very, I was very surprised by it. Uh, I was um, talking to my wife earlier today and being, I was, and I even tweeted about it. I was kind of like, I don't even know if I want to watch this game because I just expected the Bulls to get their heads kicked in without without Zach, without Lonzo, playing you know a Miami team that I think most people think is going to you know remain pretty good. Um, and then, like, even just the start of the game, the, the Bulls kind of started out like crap. They were down double digits, you know, before you knew it. And, um, you know, they just battled. And uh, DeMar was, you know, incredible, uh, as he has been pretty much always in, in a Bulls uniform. Uh, and, you know, he, he's a joy to watch. And I, I feel like a fool for, you know, even thinking about not watching, uh, one of, one of his, um, masterpieces. Uh, the game was definitely very much about DeMar, but I think we got to give Vooch some credit, uh, for how much he dominated, uh, Bam, like yeah. Bam could, could not make a layup. Um, and like some of that was just, uh, Bam selling, but he, <laughs> Uh, but Vooch was big and in the way and Bam's, you know, undersized for, for a center and Vooch is not. And he really made him feel him. And he had 17 boards, which, you know, that's, uh, as Stacy likes to say, that is big boy basketball. Um, so I, I thought he was great. I think Io is, um, you know, really good. I think the jumper looks much better. I, he's, plays like you know uh, with composure and you know uh drummond got a a technical when the game was starting to get tight and drummond was was getting a little wild getting a little over his skis uh and i was was there to to you know kind of not yell at him but to be like come on man like you know this is a big game we gotta we we can't have you you know getting dumb fouls and then getting technicals on top of it like let's go and um, I just I can't say enough good things about Io. I think that he's going to make a, a pretty significant leap um, this year. And I was already uh, fairly Io pilled uh, before the you know before this season. But everything I've seen from him in preseason and um, you know this game, I, I'm I, I really expect pretty big things from him this season. One thing on Vooch, I mean, he was bricking threes the majority of the game. He started off over four from deep. But he hit a huge three with five minutes left in the game that sort of solidified the win for the Bulls. So, you know, I was sort of yeah, hoping that, was a that Vooch, Vooch wasn't going to be counted on to be a volume three-point shooter this year. And we saw, you know, Caruso got up six threes. Uh, Dragic got up five. Kobe got up seven. Isle goes three of six. The Bulls, I want to talk about the three-point line because we talked during the offseason so much about their lack of shooting. Uh, they went 13 to 36 from threes tonight, 36%. Just the fact that they got up 36, pretty impressive. And then the Heat only got up 28. And the Heat are a team with like multiple elite shooters with Hero, with Duncan Robinson, with Max Struess, who is killing the Bulls in this game. Max Struess looks like he's going to have another great year for Miami. But I thought the Bulls defended the three-point line pretty well. And to their credit, even if they don't have great shooters, the Bulls did get up enough threes to give themselves a chance in this game. Dragic hits a couple of ridiculous ones. Uh, Io starts off the game three of four, I believe, from deep. His shot looks a lot smoother, a lot more fluid. Man, if Io is taking a leap as an outside shooter, totally agree with Kevin. I think he's going to be set for a really big year. Uh, Jason, I know you, you're itching to talk about Io, so 
give us your spiel on IO. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here in my IO uh, city jersey from last year, just grinning from ear to ear. I mean, IO looked great. Uh, we talked about him all in the preseason that his shot looks better. And, and he, just the no hesitation, just no hesitation getting up to threes. It was awesome. We saw him score on some drives. We saw him making plays defensively. He had a mid-range pull-up shot, which I want to see a bit more because that's one of his big uh, – that was one of his things at Illinois. So he was just kind of in his bag. I know he, he didn't do much at the end of the game offensively. But that's obviously like DeMar's time, and he missed a couple shots late. But through basically like, – he was huge in that first half. Uh, and he was, I mean, seven, like I said, 17, six and four, two steals, one block. He was a plus 15 getting up 14 shots, which is great to see three getting up six threes is awesome because his volume was, I think, what, like three attempts per game last year from three. So it's six attempts. For, if he gets up five, six threes per game, that's fantastic. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he was basically everything we kind of hoped he would be after that preseason where he got kind of had a lot of hype coming in after the off season where he put on weight. I mean, just and the way he was attacking the Bulls. We t- we talked about how pace was important uh, in their preseason. Why one of the reasons why they looked so good? They kind of did it again today. I mean, they they got up ninety three shots, twenty eight free throws because they were pushing pace. Io Dragic, like for like I said, we were we were we crapped on the Dragic signing, and like he didn't do that much as much in the second half. But like one thing he's consistently doing, he is looking to push the ball almost every time down the court, and it doesn't always work. And sometimes he has some bad turnovers and all that. But like he is looking to get the ball out and pushing. So like that pushing the ball, him and Io is great. Uh, that's one of the more important things. When they lost Lonzo last year, they lost so much of their transition game. But if they can get that back without Lonzo to get some of those easy buckets, that's just huge for their offense. And we saw some of that today. Like, again, they got up 93 shots, which was 13 more than Miami. They got up – they took the same amount of free throws. They took eight more threes. They forced a bunch of turnovers. That was kind of the recipe for their success last year was forcing a ton of turnovers, getting the transition game going the other way, and then DeMar do, D- doing his thing, and that's how they won tonight. What I liked about Io, legit three-level scoring from Io DeSumo, like he's really the one guy besides for Zach who can provide rim pressure on this team. And as a rookie, he consistently got to the basket, uh, was, was decent at layups. I don't have his finishing numbers at the rim in front of me. I guess I can pull him up, but, uh, today looking at his shot chart, just really impressive. I mean, he was hitting threes. He got into his mid range bag a little bit, which was something I wanted to see from him this season. And he was consistently burning people to the rim. The other thing about Io is I just feel like he takes nothing off the table. Like when Io's in the game, you're not like, okay, he's like giving something away. Like, yeah, we can question his off-ball defense a little bit. The jump shot isn't exactly a strength, but he's just like generally solid everywhere. He's really big. He's basically big enough to be a wing, 6'5", 6'11", wingspan. Uh, I think he's up to like, what, 210 pounds now or something like that. Obviously, strong frame, long arms, relatively competent in every area of the game. And I just can't believe that there's some motherfuckers who get paid to talk about basketball who wanted the Bulls to take Io or wanted the Bulls to take Sharif Cooper <laughs> over Io in the NBA draft. Whoever that was is a complete fucking moron. Oh, by the way, that was me. What an L. <laughs> by the way, Io made 70% within three feet last year as a rookie. That's an awesome finishing number, especially for a rookie. But to make 70% of your shots as a rookie at the rim, amazing. Uh, He did it again today, some really skilled finishing around the basket. And I know he's got more growth in him as a mid-range shooter, so it was good to see him get back into that today. Uh, Fuck yeah, Io. I mean, nailing that Io pick, 
it just warms my heart, man, for a Chicago kid, uh, a star at Illinois, a star at Morgan Park, to come onto the Bulls and live up to really even like the loftiest expectations the fan base could have had for him as a second-round pick. What a feel-good story, and uh, he's going to be a big part of this team this year. They better sign him too. He's going to be a free agent next year, so he's going to he's out to get some money. He's going to get paid. Uh, so I mean, good for him. Get that money, I and the, oh, we sure hope it's the Bulls giving it to him. Um, it better be. I will lose my shit if they lose him for for nothing. Yeah, I mean, he's one of their good young players, and we talk about where the like where the Bulls go from here, and it's like it's Io taking a leap. We'll talk about Pat a little bit, Pat. Obviously, his box score line is basically invisible, but we'll talk about him a little bit later. We'll talk about the good stuff first. But, yeah, we talk about Io making a leap. Pat, uh, we obviously didn't see Dale and Terry tonight. Kobe is kind of whatever at this point. But, I mean, if Io's going to do this and actually make this leap, he's got to be a, a cornerstone of this team moving forward. So, hopefully, they do pay him. Kevin, do you have something else on Io? Uh, I just wanted to say that, like, I, I – he, he's, like, one, been one of the, the – this GM or like front office group's biggest hits. And um, the only thing that kind of uh, thinks about it, and I mean, it's good for IO. So like, and uh, you know, obviously I care more about that than what two year contract, but like giving him a two year contract and giving Marco Simonovic <laughs> a three year guaranteed deal is like, what the fuck, man? Like why? <laughs> uh, like maybe like my, my only thought on that is that, Io's agent and Io himself probably wanted to bet on himself. Yeah. Uh, because he ha- he does have a very strong belief in himself. Um, so maybe that was something that they wanted. But like also, uh, AK, could you win one negotiation ever? <laughs> like just just one, man. Like don't give people exactly what they want every single time. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I was amazing. I really, they, they, they have to hang on to him. I think he's going to, to make a, um, Tyrese Maxey style second year leap. Uh, Whoa. And, um, that'd be pretty yeah. sick. That sounds I, dropping. That's dropping a nice take here. I love it. The, the jumper is real, man. And he's, he it looks good. I, I think, I think the, the, the defense that he had the base of good isolation defense, I think the thing he struggled with last year was a lot of defensive coverages, um, like off the ball and yep. like switching switching out team of different defense. things. Team defense, a lot of that is just stuff you learn, um, and it you know you're not going to know it as a rookie. I think he looks better at, at a lot of that stuff, and just the way he. I, I think the other thing I wanted to say about him, um, and you know Dragic also did this, so credit to him, um, but. You know, this team's identity has to be running. Uh, yeah. When uh, outside of DeMar, the Demar offense, the way they get threes is by running because that puts the defense in scramble mode, and then they can get threes up in transition. The only other way that they really get threes is if Demar draws to the two to the ball, um, or occasionally if they get a, a Vooch mismatch on the block, and then he can uh, catch it. And then when the defense scrambles to uh, to deal with that. He, he can kick it out. Uh, he, they had a nice one actually set up by IO because he, he, you know, actually can throw an entry pass, which is a lost art in the NBA. He threw a beautiful entry pass to, to Vooch. Vooch caught it. He had a mismatch and immediately kicked it to the corner for a DeMar three. And it's just like, that's how they have to generate uh, uh, threes, but mostly it's got to come by getting out and running. And that's going to be how they get easy baskets. And, you know, they did, they lost that identity when Lonzo got hurt uh, last year um, but you know, uh, John, 
Wilmus and I were talking about this on the latest episode of uh, Podman. Uh, it doesn't have to be personnel driven. Like all of these guys can get out and run if they just commit to it. And I think IO making that a priority uh, really stood out. And um, obviously Dragic um, has kind of always been that guy. I wondered if he would still be at 36 years old. Like I can't run like that. I'm 36 <laughs> years old. I have, I have no interest in running like that, but, uh, but Dragic is still out there, you know, uh, flying down the court like a speedboat. Um so, you know, uh, I, but yeah, I just can't say enough good things about IO. One other thing I wanted to say about IO, because I talked about this throughout the off season was his per 36 minutes point per game points per game. He averaged like 11 and a half points per 36 minutes. His usage rate was 14% is a rookie. So the biggest thing IO needed to do to really take a step up into, you know, potentially have a Tyrese Maxey like second year leap is just to get his own offense going a little bit more. Like if you're going to play 36 minutes, you got to average more than 11 points a game, dude. And in this game with Levine out, I love that IO took the second most field goal attempts yep. on the team, seven to 14, uh, three to six from deep. So just love that IO looked for his own offense a little bit more. I think that is a rookie second round pick him stepping onto a team with so many established veteran stars. It made sense that he was prone to deferring in some big spots uh, you know, obviously the thing that everyone noticed was record scratching on the threes, passing up the open threes. But there were a lot of other instances where like Io could have looked for his own offense last year instead of getting his teammates involved. And I think they need his scoring. And I love the fact that he took 14 shots today, second most field goal attempts on the team. They needed his scoring punch. And, you know, late in the game, it was DeMar. But in the second and third quarter, Io really kept him afloat. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. To talk about Dragic a little bit, let's talk about the new guys, Dragic and Drummond. Uh, like I said, it was kind of a mixed bag. thought that first half, as we kind of talked about with Dragic hitting all those three-pointers, basically kind of saved the ass in that second quarter because it looked like multiple times the Heat were on the verge of kind of blowing that game open and turning it into a 15, 20-point game. Uh, between Dragic hitting those threes and um, Bam missing every other layup, or basically every layup he was taking to help keep them in the game. Um, and then Drummond, who was I thought was great in the first stint, and I feel like he started good in his second stint, and then... As that stint in the fourth quarter kept going, and that the beginning of the fourth quarter, the Bulls were trying to give the w- game away because Drummond was trying to like do a bunch of shit off the dribble, he <laughs> throwing stuff at the rim, and just not even coming close. Couldn't make a layup. He had three turnovers. Like Drummond's final line looks awful. He's nine points in nine, I mean nine points, fifteen minutes. Okay, but he was two of seven from the field. Did have five rebounds, three offensive, but he had three turnovers, four fouls, was a minus eight. He did make all five of his free throws, which is huge. I mean, it seems like Drummond's shooting is, like, possibly real in terms of, like, his improved free throw shooting. He did take one three. He missed, but it looked pretty good. But, like, we got the full Andre Drummond experience tonight from, like, a a really great start to the game to, like, the last couple minutes there in the fourth. I was like, get this guy the fuck out because he's he's trying to blow the game. Um and Dragic, Dragic got some closing minutes, too, and, again, kept keeping the pressure up. I thought he Dragic battled defensively. He was also, again, I don't want to use single pl- pl- uh, game plus minus, as we know how fraught that can be, but he ended up being like a minus nine, which is worse than the team. But I thought Dragic played really well overall. Two assists, two steals. He out- badly outplayed Kyle Lowry. So Kyle Lowry looks absolutely washed. And the fact that Goran Dragic is making what, what the minimum right now and the Heat are paying Kyle Lowry $30 million a year to – do whatever the hell he did tonight and what he did in the playoffs last year. I know he was hurt, but uh, drag, if Goran Dragic ends up being a better player than Kyle Lowry this year, that'd be kind of hilarious given Dragic was obviously something of a Heat hero in recent years. Uh, so what did you guys think uh, of the two free agent signings, which we we obviously panned this offseason. We were very upset for the cheapness, for going with these guys who we kind of thought were washed um, I guess I will all say to Drummond's credit, he was trying his ass off. Like, it wasn't always working. It was kind of ugly at times, but, like, he was all over the place. He had that one play where he uh, cut the passing lane, got a fast break dunk out of it. Like, so he was trying, and he looks like he's in shape. So, uh, Kevin, we'll start with you. What, did you. what do you think overall of the two new uh, signings? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I mentioned Dragic before. I, yeah. I, I was really happy with, with his um, pushing the pace. I think – you know, he he had a, a a good variance game shooting wise. Like he hit some absolutely insane yeah. contested three pointers, and like that's not really the kind of shooter that he is. But you know, you take it. You know, and to your point, they happened at, at uh, big moments because there were uh, points early in the in the game where it looked like the Heat were about to blow the Bulls out, and Dragic kind of uh, kept them within striking distance. Um, and uh, I mean, his defense is is not going to be good. Uh, he really can't move on that end at all. But like, he tried. He was battling yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah he he's going to try. I mean, that's the thing is like he's not um, he's not like uh, uh, lazy out there. It's just yep. like he's he's thirty six years old, <laughs> you know. And he was never like the most explosive like 
lateral athlete to begin with. Um, so, but you know, he's a, he's a still a really good straight line athlete, which is, you know, where, uh, his, uh, getting out and running on uh, transition and is helpful. And I think he's still like, you know, is going to do things like shoot the gap and get, get steals occasionally. Uh, Cause he's still like a savvy player and does have that straight line speed. Um, so like, he's not going to be like a total zero on defense. Cause he's like, he will get you some value just by getting steals and stuff. Um, so I, I was pretty happy with Dragic um, tonight. I mean, uh, obviously I panned that signing. I said that I, I thought that it was a waste of a roster spot, basically. Um, but uh, he he looks like he's you know come in in shape, uh, which I don't think is ever really a concern with him. But like I think coming off a Euro basket and kind of being in rhythm ahead of everybody else is probably helpful for him um because not everybody played uh that much over the summer (laughs) you know people are at varying levels of preparedness to start the season um you know i i watched the the sixers versus uh celtics game last night and it looked like joel Embiid was like huffing huffing and puffing he was terrible yeah yeah Yeah. he did not look good at least yeah yeah he just looked out of shape um but uh anyways uh drummond was you know everything that uh, is both fun and awful about Drummond, <laughs> you know, it was, the, it, we got the full Drummond experience where uh, I thought that he, he battled a lot um, on the glass. I thought that he was setting, you know, pretty good screens. Um, I thought that he was competing uh, on, on defense when he would get kind of switched out onto a guard and he really runs like a gazelle. It, like it, it can't be overstated. Like what an insane, uh, athlete he is in terms of just like movement skills for his size um but like what comes with that is like his desire to to try to do shit that he's not really (laughs) best suited or capable of doing um and you know you mentioned some of it like uh taking like weird shots and getting stuffed and i will say that like his turnovers and his his two for seven shooting i thought he got mugged a bunch of times uh, they they did not give him a good kind whistle on a few of those yeah, like he did get like I think he said five free throws, but like he definitely deserved more. He was getting absolutely uh, you know, jackhammered underneath the the basket and uh so that caused some of his misses and uh caused some a couple of at least one of his turnovers. Um and so, you know, I, that one that part is like hard to blame him for. I mean, it goes into the stat sheet, you know, the way that it goes in, but just in terms of like having actually watched it, I, I thought that he got kind of screwed on, on some of that stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, he, you know, John described him as, as being kind of boozer esque in terms of his like goofiness and exuberance. And um, you know, I think that he's going to drive us crazy sometimes. Yep. Um, uh, but he, I think, you know, in terms of just like a vibes upgrade from, from Tristan Thompson, it, it can't be overstated how, how much, uh, just he's way better on the floor for one, but also just, just like the vibes stuff. are way better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's just not like yelling and screaming at guys. He's like, <laughs> you know, just being goofy and trying hard and smiling. And um, like, he's, he's going to like, like I said, he's going to frustrate us sometimes, but like, he's not going to make us wish that we, you know, would die. <laughs> like while we watch him, which is how I felt watching Tristan Thompson pretty much the entire time he was on the bulls. Yeah, I was just going to basically say all those sentiments that Kevin said. Really, like, Drummond should be one of the better backup centers in the league. Like, where does Drummond rank among the best pure centers? He's probably a top 35 or 40 center. 
so that's if you could like dial Drummond's talent in and like focus him. And it seemed like he was focused and dialed in on Philadelphia last year. Then he goes to the Nets with the midseason trade between Harden and Simmons. Uh, and I just felt like Drummond was like totally overextended. He was joining a really chaotic situation in Brooklyn. And I think his reputation took a bit of a hit there, but he was good for the majority of the season last year with the Sixers. Uh, such an upgrade over Tristan Thompson. And the backup five spot was an eyesore for the Bulls last year. Tony Bradley couldn't catch, had basically no offensive utility. They bring in Tristan, uh, you know, as a buyout candidate. And he had like one or two good games at the start of his tenure and then was just absolutely trash. So it's just nice to have a legitimately solid backup five like Drummond. If the Bulls want to go 48 minutes of Drummond and Vooch, which is what I believe they did tonight. Uh, I believe one of those guys was on the floor the entire game. Okay, then you got like somewhat competent center play, pretty competent center play for all 48 minutes. Uh, I do think, as you said, Jace, we got like sort of the entire Drummond experience today because he was getting totally out of control there late in the game. Like Kevin mentioned, Io, who's all of what, like 23 years old, 22 years old, went over to him, calmed him down. Uh, but, you know, Drummond, very large, can still move pretty well, like Kevin said. And uh, he just adds like competence to the backup five spot. So, that really was a major a major weakness for the Bulls last year, and they shared it up with Drummond. Uh, I just think there's going to be times when we're freaking out about Drummond because he has just always wanted to be a guard. Yeah. You saw it in this game, like him trying to shoot the gaps. Like it's great when it works. Imagine the times when it doesn't work, and you know the Bulls are getting burned on the back line because of it. Uh, I thought Drummond was pretty good, and then in terms of Dragic. God, that one shot Drogic hit in the second quarter where he was, like, coming off the screen from Drummond, I think, and, like, threw it up with one hand trying to draw the foul, nailed the three. That was, like, a sneaky big shot for the Bulls because, as we said earlier, they were, like, I think down around nine at the time. Like, they were on the verge of that game maybe slipping away. So I thought Drummond looked really good. You know, he's just uh, – he does all the things a veteran should do. He takes care of the ball. He controls the pace. He sets the table for his teammates. And I guess when I thought more about Drummond when they signed him, I'm like, all right, this guy's always been a scorer, and now I don't think he has the juice to continue being a high-level scorer, and we know he's going to be just probably a disaster. Well, you're, you're talking about Dragic, right? Dragic, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Dragic. Uh, but I think Dragic does bring a lot of the, you know, the veteran intangibles, intangibles too, that you want in that spot. So pretty good debut for the, for the two new guys. Obviously, when you win – Everything looks good, and the Bulls mostly won this game because of Demar, and Demar. because uh, you know the Heat just were not up to. He the were bad. He were bad tonight. But yeah, but was, one, one last point on Dragic. I'm looking at the just the second quarter play by play. Heat went up nine with like ten minutes to go in the second. Dragic hits a three. Uh, a little later, Struess hits a three pointer to go up nine. Dragic hits a three. Struess hits another three-pointer to go up nine. Dragic hits another three. So, like, that's three separate times where the Heat go up nine points in the second quarter, and Dragic answered with a three to basically keep, keep or stay within striking distance. Absolutely huge shots, shots there for sure. So those were uh, just huge. I mean, if he misses those shots, just, I mean, easily the Heat could have turned that into a into a huge blowout. So 
uh, definitely just helped the Bulls keep them in the game there in that second quarter. So that was okay. great to see. So we've been um, going 40 minutes already. I don't want this to go too much longer, but we do need to have the pack conversation. Yes, yes, Patrick we do. Williams mostly invisible in his 28 minutes tonight. Got the start over Javante. Ended the game with four points, two of six shooting, uh, one steal, no blocks, two rebounds. It was basically everything we've come to expect from Pat, uh, in not in a good way, in his short tenure with the Bulls. Just didn't leave his imprint on the game at all. Billy went on that rant a couple days ago about how Pat needed to play with more force. Uh, didn't happen in this game whatsoever. And I have been saying that I don't think Pat's really a good fit with DeMar because he too often gets shoehorned into a spot-up shooter role. Well, it's on Billy to put him in position to be successful, but uh, Pat does just seem so willing to blend in. And I hate that like this comes down to the idea of aggressiveness, because like, the most aggressive play is not always the right play. You know what I mean? Like you got to play winning basketball, and that doesn't mean like looking for your own offense all the time, but it's like, Pat, you got to find a way to make an impact offensively somehow, even if you are a weak spot-up shooter. Uh, but defensively, I thought Pat was pretty good. I thought he played yep. with uh, more energy uh, than most of the guys in the front court today. Uh, in the second quarter in particular, he had some nice flashes of rim protection. So uh, in general, disappointing Pat game. If you're one of those people who thought coming into the season that the Bulls' chances rested on a Patrick Williams big leap, well, I don't think that's going to happen based on this one game. I mean, hopefully he can just find a way to be a contributing piece to the team where he's like actually a valuable piece. Start on the defensive end, find a couple things you do well offensively, whether it's as a role man, you know, attacking closeouts, whatever it is, just like do one thing well offensively, Pat, shine defensively, but definitely a rough opener for Patrick Williams. And it's hard to think he's going to be a different after seeing. Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at the box score as you said, four points, six field goals, missed both threes, no free throws, two rebounds, no assists, one steal, no block, one turnover, one foul. He was a minus four in 28 minutes. Every other starter, uh, basically did filled up the box score. Every other starter was at least a plus nine. Uh, again, single game plus minus doesn't tell the whole story for sure. But like Javante came in, Javante fouled out in 18 minutes, so he was struggling with foul trouble. But like. He immediately came in, like, the minute he came in, he gets he comes in and gets, like, a no-look pass to Vooch for a dunk. So, like, immediately, he makes his presence felt. And just, I feel like, in just a way that Pat does not, and Pat did, I think, play, do, like, a pretty solid job defensively overall. Like, he played Jimmy pretty tough. Uh, I think he just, like, he was, he was, he was there defensively. Like, he wasn't making mistakes for the most part. There were a few plays, uh, there, I think there were a few times he might have, he got burned, but like he was an overall, he was solid defensively. I wouldn't say he was like a, had a great night, but like, I mean, you, these type of those type of nights. I mean, four points, two rebounds, zero assists, one block, one steal, no blocks. I mean, that, in twenty minutes, that's ridiculous. That's not good. The Bulls need a lot more out of him, even if he's not going to be like a a big time offensive player. Like they they need him to do more than that. Um, obviously, like a lot of guys, other guys stepped up tonight. They still got the win, so ultimately. Uh, don't want to like harp too much on the negative here, but it was a disappointing showing. Um, and I just, I mean, I just, at this point, it, I guess like, I don't want to ex- say I'm expecting this, but he's going to be better than this for sure. But like, I just don't know if he really has that in him. Like, is it ever going to click? Is this just going to be who he is? We always like to joke about who's got that dog in him. And like, it, like clearly IO has way more of it than Pat does. Because just like, I was just always, and obviously being a point guard helps, but like, I was just always doing st- way more stuff 
than Pat does. And like it shows in the box score, showed in the impact, shows in the plus minus today at least. So like Pat's going to be better. Tonight was a rough game. Uh, but like, is he ever going to be like that guy? I don't know. And I, I don't, I'm not going to rule him out after obviously one game, but like the preseason when he was playing with the main guys n- and not against a G league bucks lineup, like wasn't that great either. Uh, and this has obviously been a problem going back the last couple of years. So like, I mean, I'll take just a guy who can play really elite defense and then maybe give you some offense here or there. If like, that's what Pat Williams ends up being. Will it, would it be disappointing as a number four pick? Yes. But like, if we can get him just a le- being a, le- a level of a player who can make an impact, at least at one end of the floor, that's good. But it would sure as hell be nice to see him do more than than he did tonight. Kev, I want to wrap this up, but I got to let you say your piece on Pat if yeah. you want to say it. Uh, sure, yeah. Um, I mean, I'll probably just I, I'll mostly echo what you guys said. I, I I thought there he had a little stretch where he looked like he was trying to be a little bit more aggressive offensively. He, he went at Tyler Hero a couple times yeah. in a row, where like the Bulls, the Bulls roasted Tyler Hero in the third quarter. They they made a point to attack him, which is great, and they went at him and they were scoring at will. And Pat got a couple buckets against him. Go ahead. Yeah. He got to the he got to the line. He, he and he he got some baskets uh, going at Hero, um, and you know that was that was encouraging at, at the very least that he you know recognized like this guy can't guard me. Let me like at least take advantage of that. Um, I thought his defense was was solid. I thought the energy was pretty good. I mean, even though it, the, I say that, and he still only had two rebounds, which is like it's just inexcusable that he you know is how big and strong he is, and he only gets you know, a, a handful of rebounds a night. Like it's, it's, I, I just don't get it. Um, I mean, part of it, I guess, was that Vooch had like 17 rebounds tonight. Um, shout out again to Vooch. Uh, but like still, man, like you, you gotta, you gotta hit the glass more than that. Um, and uh, especially if you're not going to impact the game with scoring. And like, there were opportunities where like the Bulls really could have used uh, Pat being, you know, uh, assertive with his offense and you know demanding the ball because early in the fourth quarter he was out there yeah, right when the Bulls were yeah. floundering. Yeah, they were floundering without yeah. Demar, and while Demar was getting his rest before yeah. he came in to do his Superman thing, and you know, like that was the opportunity right there for Pat to to do something, and instead we got a bunch of um, possessions Drummond. that ended in in either Drummond trying to do things or Alex Caruso do, pull, doing a pull-up jumper, which is like, I, I think that Billy should fine AC every time he shoots a pull-up jumper because it's like, <laughs> it, it just never fucking works. It's bad. That was brutal. <laughs> Mid-range pull-up from AC, yikes. Yeah, not good. He, did a, he also had a, an early shot clock, like, off of a screen uh, pull-up three-pointer, and I was like, no, never, never. take that shot. Like he's he he you know I guess he earns it or whatever because he he gets the ball back and he 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 plays so hard on defense but like I would just say no you you never take that shot like <laughs> that's not your game spot up threes or finishing on cuts like that's the only shots you get like when he played with LeBron that's the kind of offense that he got like he was not because <laughs> LeBron was like no absolutely not you don't you don't get the ball unless it's like to finish a play and that's how I mean even with as like uh much as the Bulls struggle to generate offense without um without DeMar like there's got to be better options than that <laughs> it, it, it can't be that um so uh yeah anyways that should have been pat pat should have been the one doing doing things with the ball when demar sits especially with zach out and it's really just disappointing that 
that he really didn't um, seize that opportunity. Yep, absolutely. Rick, you got anything else? We could probably wrap it up here. Yeah, Bulls play Friday at Wizards. Zach's not going to play in that game, it seems like. Yeah. They play Saturday at home against the Cavs. Zach probably going to play in that one. So I guess we hope. Hold on. I mean, we hope. Sham said that he's they plan on him playing in that game, but like the way they're talking with like with Billy admitting that he's like dealing with discomfort, like and with, with what happened to Alonzo, like I, I don't know. I don't want to like put my like bet money on this right now that Zach's going to play. Let's knock on wood. Hope that he's going to be ready. But like weird situation with Zach. Let's hope he plays Saturday. Basically, yeah, we'll see, man. But you yeah. know what? Feels better after one and zero. It sure does. The vibes are always good after an opening night win. So, uh, good win, Bulls. I did not expect them to win this game. They played fucking hard. They played yeah. with a lot of energy. They played with an edge. They were able to manufacture transition opportunities and control the pace. And Demar is a goddamn superstar. F- F- yeah, final whatever thought here. Then does this win make you feel any different about whatever this team, even with the Z- weird Zach stuff? Any different about this team that maybe they'll be better than you thought or anything like that? Eh, I don't know. I don't really want to answer that question. <laughs> it's, Kevin, it, how it, about it's you? Feel good after an opening night win, Jace. Let's leave it at that. Fair Let's enough. All right. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's right. All right, that sounds good to me. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. Like uh, I said, the Heat looked. He did not play well tonight. Like Kyle Lowry washed. Bam. Hopefully, hopefully the Heat are finally uh, cooked. I, I I am so sick of that team. I can't stand all of their flopping bullshit, and I really hope we can bury them finally. Yeah. So they they don't have juiced Miami juice. PJ Tucker gone. Defense doesn't look as good. Uh, Kyle Lowry washed. Bam, overrated. Still love Jimmy. Jimmy's the best. He was awesome tonight. But fuck the Heat, and maybe the maybe they'll be worse than expected, and the Bulls will be better than expected. That will do it for us here at Cash Consideration on this special opening night. Spotify live episode of uh, Cash Considerations. Thank you for everybody for listening. Whoever commented, thank you to the people who are here from this. If you were here at the start, listening to me and Ricky fuck around and not figure out <laughs> the audio here. Uh, great way to start this season here. Not figuring out how to use Spotify live, but it's all good. Uh, we will do more of these for sure throughout the season for some big games or and stuff like that. So thanks everybody again for listening. The Bulls are one to know. Let's go to two and zero on Friday night against the against the Wizards. Take it easy, everybody. Have a good night. This is last year's Bulls. It's not last year's Bulls. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire.
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.